Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, current and future PAs, to the PA the FI Way podcast, your guide to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. I hope you're all having a wonderful week, whether you're in the process of applying to CASPA or you're about to start PA school or you're nearing graduation from PA school or you're a seasoned PA that loves the specialty that you're practicing in. I am so excited to share with you that you will actually get to hear another voice on the podcast today besides only mine just droning on. And this is because we have our very first special guest joining us on the podcast today, Jordan Fisher, who is a certified PA and author of PA Next Steps. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I feel honored to be the first one. Yeah. Hopefully I won't bore you guys too much. Oh, I doubt that. We're so excited to have you. So, Jordan, tell us a bit about yourself. What area of the country are you from? Where did you go to PA school? And what specialties have you worked in? So I'm coming to you guys from Color for Colorado. Um, I currently live in Steamboat, um, which is a small little mountain town. Um, And luckily enough, the PA career has allowed me to design my life in a way where I get to live in a town like this and ski plenty. So I'm from Colorado. I went to school at the University of New England in Portland, Maine. After I finished school, I decided to come back to Colorado pretty quickly because that was home and Uh, I had a lot of family here that I wanted to be around. I started my practice in ear, nose, and throat, and that was via my clinical experience before that. I was a medical assistant and got hired on with one of the physicians I worked for. And after a year of doing that, I saw myself getting pigeonholed, getting stuck in the ENT field, and I was worried about losing all these skills that I had just learned, so I decided to move on. And from there, I was really kind of unsure of where to go, but I settled on emergency medicine because I felt that that would get me the most exposure to everything else. Uh, I was able to find a job in Colorado Springs through a lot of networking and luck and practiced there for two years, especially during the start of COVID. It was quite difficult. And from there, I kind of made some life changes. Um, My Sydney and and other got into nursing school, and we uprooted and moved to Steamboat Springs, where I currently practice in urgent care. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I can't imagine how difficult it was working in ER at the beginning of COVID this past year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you almost felt kind of like you're in war, right? It was uh, an interesting feeling to be in a first world country in healthcare and be Uh, scared about dying going to work. But that was a a real thing in the beginning because we were seeing people of my age and I'm I'm on the younger side. I'm in my 30s. And when those people are dropping in front of you, you're from COVID. It it was eye-opening. So uh, it certainly took its toll. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm 
glad where I'm at now and um, kudos to everyone out there that's in emergency medicine or basically, I mean, any of you PAs, you guys know what it's been like. So kudos to you for your involvement in this pandemic. Yeah, certainly. I think that every specialty has had its challenges over the past year or so, some more than others, but it certainly hasn't been easy to practice in medicine the past year. So that's great. Oh, nope, nope. And then you work in education too a bit, correct? What has your role been with that and what do you enjoy about it? Yeah, so I've been a PA for coming up on four years. So in the beginning, uh, I'm sure most of you have felt this way. It's just survival. Um, But after about a year and a half of practice, I started taking on students um, as a preceptor. And then from there, I've always known that teaching is um, one of my biggest passions. So I work with uh, Rocky Vista University as adjunct faculty there, lecturing to their students and hopefully soon precepting more of their students. So, uh, yeah, trying to give back to the PA community by uh, lecturing and being, trying to be an upbeat and exciting person rather than um, some of the boring preceptors we all had at some point. Sure, sure. Yeah, I have been a preceptor over the past seven years of practicing as a PA also, and my goal was to always try to make the PA students feel comfortable, feel like they can ask questions, And um, I also say, you know, if you have any non-medical questions you want to ask a practicing PA, let me know too. You know, if there's just some general life questions that you have or or even financial questions, right? I think that it's nice Mm -hmm, to have mm -hmm. them um, have that open communication and to try to make their rotation be a good one for them. So that's awesome. Yeah. Kudos to you. I mean, you know that it's not necessarily easy. It takes time away from um, your practice, the efficiency of seeing patients, but it, it really is a great way to give back and I encourage anyone to do it. So um, that's awesome. I can't believe you've been doing it for that long. That's, yeah. Thank you. And I, I believe I've mentioned on the podcast that I switched specialties from family medicine to psychiatry just about four months ago. So I actually have not been precepting since I've been in psychiatry, but uh, we will see if I'm able to get back into it over the next several months. It sounds like there's been a little bit of a hold at my current company about precepting, but I agree that, you know, every practicing PA, especially if you've been working for a few years, if you're able to go ahead and be a preceptor, it really is giving back to the profession. So that's great. And it makes you a better provider too. Oh, I completely agree for sure. Awesome. All right, Jordan. And what inspired you to write PA Next Steps? So this is something that was really born out of frustration, and that's through no one's fault. But uh, when I came out about three years, three excuse me, four years ago, there really weren't a lot of resources out there. The understandable focus of the programs is to teach you as much medicine as they can and get you to pass the pants, and then their job is done. Uh, we really didn't get much career advice. Um, of what to expect, how to get a job, contracts, et cetera, et cetera. So as I went through that on my own, I kind of, especially when I was getting credentialed at like my seventh hospital and I was confused and had no internet resources out there of what to do, I kind of vowed to create this resource one day. So for the past two years or or so, I've been writing this book uh, that really blossomed from, hey, here's what I wish I would have known and the resource I wish I would have had as a new PA. Yeah, that's totally great. I think that 
we're both kind of on the same page with that too. This podcast and both of our websites probably stemmed from, you know, just frustration as you've learned over the past few years of how to make new PAs jobs easier with dealing with all sorts of things. So, so that's awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so much out there about how to become a PA, which is great. Um, But what about once you actually get started, right? I mean, this is a career and we all have to navigate it and we've all, we're all new at some point. So it's nice to have something out there that someone can follow and hopefully benefit from. Yeah, definitely. That's great. All right. And then one of the things that I really enjoyed about your book is the side story that you created about Sam, which is her story as she walks through the next steps after she completes PA school. So who is Sam? Yeah. So I kind of, as I'm writing this, I'm realizing, well, sometimes this is can be dry stuff to some people. And so a narrative format really tends to grab people's attention a little bit more. There's this great book. It's called The Latte Factor. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I haven't. Um, What is it about? I forget the author. Um, But it's basically it follows this young female as she starts her new career and teaches her finance through a narrative format. Oh, cool. And so it's like her learning about like sitting down at a coffee shop and seeing this like starting this conversation with this low key person that's actually a millionaire and how do they get that way by owning a coffee shop? And so it's just this really cool narrative format. So I kind of took that idea and was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to do the same thing for my story. And so it, it, it is a it is a, fic- a fictional story, but Sam was actually my best friend in PA school. So she ended up being the main character. And part of the narrative is her story. Part of it's other PAs I in my class. Um, actually, all the names in there are from people I went to school with. It's just a kind of a homage for their friendship and helping me get through school. So it's just kind of a, it's, I can tell you how to negotiate contracts, but when you hear it through a story, it's that much more helpful and engaging. Sure. That's so cool that you're able to put some of your classmates' names in there. That's really fun. And then another part about the book that I really enjoyed is how it has a clear, concise, and actionable steps for new graduated PAs to take. And then in part two of the book, it talks a lot about finances as a new PA, which I obviously think is super important as it is a passion of mine since learning financial literacy as early as possible will help set those new PAs up for financial success. So I really am glad that you're able to include that information in there. Yeah, this is kind of your jam. And uh, uh, building upon that, I, I was the same way. I realized early on how important it was to understand this stuff early on. Uh, if I could go back to myself before PA school, I remember sitting there uh, and kind of, I there was a great 60 mi- Minutes article a long time ago. I think it was 60 Minutes about how 401ks are basically a scam. And I I remember like not fully absorbing that the correct way. And I was thinking, I need to pull my money out of this. What am I doing? Oh, no. But it was what it was really getting at was that it's a scam and that uh, actively managed funds and high expense ratio funds are taking money away from you in nothing in return, which is something you go over all the time. I do in my book as well. Um, But I really didn't. At the time, I just didn't have any financial literacy. So I thought that meant 401ks are bad. I need to take my my money out. Luckily, I didn't because that was 
like in the recovery from the 2008 uh, uh, Great Depression. Or, and so it was it it worked out by keeping my money in there. Yeah, but, that's yeah, great. It's, it's trying to get that information to new PAs because if they can learn these processes now and automate now, um, put the minimal time it takes in, they're going to be set for a long time. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I think that many of us, once we learn about financial literacy and financial independence, we wish that we had a time machine to go back a few years. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Yeah, exactly. Your 16-year-old self that's spending money that on a new longboard that you were <laughs> earned at the pizza shop, you should have been saving that. But right. Say lovey. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then I do have a bit of a spoiler alert about the book. So the final chapter or step is actually one that talks about financial independence, which is why I was super excited to have you join me on the podcast today. So how did you learn about financial independence? Uh, So I was in my surgery rotation. So that was my seventh rotation. I didn't have a TV. I didn't have internet in my little dorm that they supplied us. Oh, wow. Uh, So I really didn't have anything to do. Was this in the middle Uh, of nowhere? No, it was in Norwalk, Connecticut, like a big sprawling city. Um, But for whatever reason, it didn't come. You had to like have your own Comcast. And I was a student there for six weeks. I'm not going to like figure that out. Sure. So I would just download podcasts and so and just listen to them kind of while I'm hanging out cooking or whatever. And there's this podcaster. I'm sure some of your audience have heard has heard of him, Tim Ferriss. Um, the Tim Ferriss show he had on Mr. Money Mustache, sure. uh, Adney. And I listened to that and I was like, holy cow, what is this? And so I proceeded to uh, open up like 20 pages on my phone and load up all his articles. And I think I'd been through most of his blog by the end of that six weeks. And at that point, I was hooked. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Great story. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I've listened to that specific episode, but I'm sure it's great because it's two classics talking. So cool. I'll have to check that out. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that really, as you, as you know, it really kind of lights a fire in you. And um, I combine that with my fire to create this resource and to teach and to put that out there. So I would have been remiss if I didn't include a chapter in my book about um, financial independence and how that inspired me and why that's something that we should all shoot for just for our lifestyles, not to necessarily not work, but just so we can do what we want, because that's uh, one of the best things of being a human. Yeah. Doing the things that make you happy. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I think that a lot of people hear about financial independence and they automatically, you know, assume that the rest of the acronym RE or FIRE, retire early, means that they're never, ever going to work again for the rest of their life once they reach that magic number. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's just not the case. I think that at that point, you have the option to retire early if you want to, or I think a lot of PAs could cut back on their hours or choose a specialty that's more conducive for their families at that point in their lives, or again, work on side projects and um, pursue other hobbies or passions throughout their life. So I think that um, trying to emphasize the financial independence part, because I think really reaching financial independence allows you to be able to retire, period. You know, you need to reach financial independence, even if you are in your 60s or even 70s, otherwise you really can't retire comfortably for the rest of your life. So... I think that's great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, that's always the funny part about this, right? If you have the motiva- motivation to save and change your lifestyle and save up the money for that financial independence part, you're you're a go-getter. You're not going to stop there, but hopefully you can give back and find what really lights your fire and go with that. So um, I always, to like um, uh, the Simple Path to Wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading that now, about, finally. Yeah. Yeah. I just devoured that. Nice. And I just, I like the concept of FU money because there's so much out there in um, any, any field, but there's certainly plenty of ways for you to get taken advantage of as a PA and to have that ability to say like, mm, I get a bad feeling about this practice or being able to turn down a job, move on. That's worth a lot for your happiness and your stress level and all that. So um, that's part of the, what really motivates me is to work where I want to work for as long as I want to work. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so great for sure. All right. So then why do you feel like you decided to become a member of the financial independence community and pursue financial independence, even though you work in one of the best professions out there as a PA? <laughs> it's it's just that. It's just for choice. Um, it's for the lack of stress that um, being smart with your finances creates. Um, I am a big proponent of working less and just being very productive and um, really making it so work is enjoyable because you're not there 60 hours a week. Um, so for me, I've, I have almost always worked a four-day work week and look to continue that because I think there is a lot to say for having those extra days off and just being able to do things that recharge you and make you happy. And then bringing that happiness back to work that makes you a better provider when you're happy and excited to be there. Yeah, that's awesome. I have worked for a four day work week for, I believe, almost five years now. It's been quite a while. And it was. Can you imagine going back? Right? No, no way. And it was the 40 hours. It was a full time gig for four days. And those days were long, but my day off was so precious and it still is. But recently, since January, since switching professions, I've actually dialed back a little bit further to 35 hours a week. And that has been awesome too. And then I still have kind of a casual position that I can pick up here and there as a PA. So. Even though I'm working less technically with that, I'm, it might be about the same. I don't really know. But I think that that's a huge life hack as a PA. If you are able to find a four-day work week anywhere, I would say take that if you can because it really is amazing what having a day off during the work week can do for you. So mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Really one of the, part of the benefits or one of the many benefits of being a PA. I mean, I remember in emergency medicine, the second I hit that year mark and I was able to decrease how much I was working, I was, I was there. I decreased my shifts just because, um, I mean, medicine is hard and taking care of patients is hard and there's a high burnout level for in medicine for a reason. So you need to take that time for yourself. And when you have your finances in order, it's much easier to take that time. So I'm on the 312 train now and loving it. So Yeah, that's awesome. So what are some of your favorite financial independence life hacks that you've implemented over the past few years? I am really just getting on board with automation nowadays. Um, I find myself... I am regularly increasing the amount that's taking out of my pay, taken out of my paycheck and putting in my retirement accounts. Um, I have like all 
of course, all my bills set up that way, all my credit cards set up that way. And that's uh, a lot of that. It's from I Will Teach You Be Rich by uh, Ramit Sethi. Mm-hmm. He's a huge proponent of that. And yeah, that's a good I'm book so on too. Board with him. Great. Mm-hmm. Just make your life easy by automating everything. Um, make that money come out of your accounts before you even get to see it. Oh, for sure. That's such excellent advice. If it's just sitting in your account, it's so tempting to spend it on so many other things. But also it's the fact that you can't be lazy. You have to take the step to move it out of your checking account into a retirement account or a brokerage account or whatever you're trying to invest in at that point of your life. And Mm -hmm. if -hmm. you have automation set up, it just makes the job easy for you. So that's great advice. Yeah. Any little roadblock that you can avoid um, is going to set you up for success. So I'm always trying to add those wherever I can. You're so right. Yeah, definitely. And then Jordan, you mentioned on your website, panextsteps.com, that you've used travel rewards or travel hacking with credit card points to fund a trip to Patagonia. So that's amazing. Tell us a bit about your trip and how you use the strategy of travel rewards to fund your trip. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it's so relevant to the PA profession. Um, with I did this in between moving from ENT and to emergency medicine. And with the PA profession, there's oftentimes a, a, a layover period between starting jobs. And usually that's due to credentialing and sure. getting everything in order. So you're usually going to have some extra time there. And I recommend you really take that time. So for me, I took three weeks and went down to Patagonia. I had saved up my credit card reward points from the Chase Sapphire Preferred, or it was the reserve card at that time. Cool. And so got my flights down there, um, made sure to go into the airport lounges along the way, and had a phenomenal trip where we uh, hiked what's called the W Trek, which is just a kind of a famous hike through Patagonia. So it was a great experience. And I'm definitely going to try to implement that uh, with any job change in the future is making sure you get a big international trip during that that hangover period to do something fun. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do that with this last job thanks to COVID, but sure. the future will hold bigger and better things. Yeah, that's awesome. Almost like taking a mini sabbatical between jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. Exactly. Cool. Well, Jordan, I want to thank you so much for joining us as our first guest on this podcast. Before we wrap up and let our listeners know how they can obtain a copy of your book, do you have any last minute words of advice for new PAs just starting on their journey as new providers? Yeah, it's hard and it's scary. And every single one of us have felt that way. I think the biggest thing when you start your job is to realize, hey, these are my limits. This is what I don't know. And admitting when you don't know and learning where to go for help, whether that's your supervising physician, whether that's up to date, whether that's calling a consultant, and there's nothing wrong with that. And any good provider knows their limits and any other good provider is happy to help out a fellow provider Mm -hmm. when they're in that position. So um, sometimes consultants may not be the the nicest, but um, you got to do what's right for your patient and make that phone call and get some help when you need it. Exactly. Um, so if, if I could go back and really whisper that and met you in the beginning, it's just, hey, make sure you figure this out so um, you can do the right thing for your patient. And there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I, I really don't know. Let's figure out how to get you some more help. Exactly. That's excellent advice for new PAs for sure. 
So if our listeners would like to purchase a copy of your ebook, PA Next Steps, how can they do that? Yeah, so go to uh, panextsteps.com. That's my website. I created a discount code for all your listeners. Just do uh, PA the FI way, just all one word, and, and that'll get you 50% off my book. Um, I think it's a great resource out there in addition to all the content you're putting out. It definitely is a little bit geared more towards uh, a new PA, but it's still got plenty of resources for everybody and lots of links and uh, ways for you to dive further. And then hopefully, I I wanted to mention this, um, through networking and life, I uh, reconnected with one of my old professors. And we actually, just in this past six months, have put together uh, the PA Blueprint, which is another resource that's really for PAs in their that are in their career. So cool. from day one of being a PA. And so we hope to be back on at some point to discuss that, but that's more focused on the PA career, not the PA next steps is not, but um, it's just taking a little bit later timeline. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for that discount code to our listeners today. I'm sure they will really appreciate that. And I definitely would look forward to having you guys on in the future to talk about the next project that you've been working on as well. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, have me on today. I love collaborating with other PAs and with collaboration, you never know what's going to happen. And it's just great helping each other out and trying to get more information out there to you guys so you can learn and really just be the best PAs you can be. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And then if our listeners would like to contact you with any follow-up questions, what would be the best way to do so? Just shoot me an email at panextstops at gmail.com. So PA next N-E-X-T-S-T-E-P-S at gmail.com. Okay. And then I'll make sure to include the link to your website and your social media links in the show notes for today's episode as well. So thank you, Jordan, Great. so much for being our first guest today and for creating this amazing resource for new PAs. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. Appreciate your questions. And thanks for also being a great resource. PA the FY is putting out some seriously helpful information. So I hope all your listeners are gaining what they can and learning a ton. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. So to the listeners today, if you've gotten value out of this episode, please consider sharing it with other newly graduated PAs that you know, such as your PA school classmates. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for future episodes and consider taking the time to rate the podcast or leave a review with the things that you enjoy about it. It would be thoroughly appreciated as it would help other PAs find this information about how to be a PA the FI way. Have a great rest of your week. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time. Or if you're a seasoned PA that loves the specialty that you're practicing in. Is there some background noise there? <laughs> yeah. My, okay. My cool. girlfriend just came out of her lair, right? As she's doing the intro to the podcast. <laughs>
Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent timing, right? <laughs> She's like stirring her drink. I'm like, God. This is why we like needed like sometime record the video part too to for YouTube for bloopers, right? <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, exactly, exactly. I was like, oh, that's so the funny. door opens right as you start that. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no worries, no worries. Cool. Oh, sorry. Oh, good that start, was good. good that was good. I like it. I like it. 